My name is Francesca. And mine's David Shree. <laughs> and welcome back to our to our podcast. Yay! We're on our third episode. Yay! We're currently out and about. It's a lovely day. We had a tornado earlier this week. <laughs> uh, so we just thought we'd, you know, come out. And... <laughs> so yeah, we decided to change things up and we're recording from outside. Because who knows where the day goes, right? Like... <laughs> One day you're taking a walk getting marshmallows and the next thing you know there's a tornado, tornado coming your, your way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love the Midwest. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Aside from everything that's happening, it's crazy to think that senior year starts at the end of this month. Oh wow. <laughs> uh, I literally spent first three days of August fully convinced that we were still in July. That is in fact not true. Senior year is upon us. It starts at the end of this month. And that's absolutely insane to think about. Like, I don't know how we got here, but here we are. Since we are going to our last year of undergrad, we wanted to talk a little about higher education. In this episode, we navigate what our experiences at Loyola have been like and what being students at a higher education institution have taught us. In typical and they were roommates fashion it's time for some context so i'm gonna just go ahead and give my standardized school introduction but this is david tree here pronoun she her hers i study film and digital media and philosophy hello francesca here my pronouns are she her hers and i study women's and gender studies and global international studies oh yeah with a minor in french and anthropology in case you were wondering what half our catalog for college and arts and sciences looks like, it's right here. That's not true. <laughs> Anywho, did you know that this is what you wanted to study coming into college? Like, how did you get here? No, I was definitely an undecided student. I what I did not declare my major as going to college. And that's one of the reasons why I decided to come to college to the U.S. Because that was an opportunity. That Like, I had the chance to do that on, like, back home, right? And both the majors that I ended up choosing... Uh, are very interdisciplinary, which means I can take courses from different from different uh, subjects mm -hmm. and still be able to get out with a degree. Yes, we love to see it. multiple degrees, by the way. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I completely I resonate with that too because like the whole idea, like not to sound too kooky or anything, but the whole idea of like a liberal arts education, like is that you get a somewhat holistic foundation in different subjects like studying here mean meant that i could like study different subjects that i wasn't necessarily majoring in because i think that that definitely like informed my perspective on what we what i'm studying and i think it's interesting too because if you think about it what we're studying isn't as much content focused as much as it is analytical centric in the sense that it's more about the framework through which we're approaching things that's definitely something that i appreciate because it gave it gives me like the malleability and like uh, versatility that i'm looking for in an education because i feel like i can approach just like different things in different ways yeah and so given that we had an idea of what going into college was going to be like we still didn't know everything right not like regarding either applications or what our college experience would look like, going to college was completely different to what we expected. Is there anything that you would like to highlight, David Shree? What was it like before coming to Loyola for you? 
what a time. On top of having to just do schoolwork, I also had to like figure out applications and like SATs and ACTs and TOEFL and all that jazz that like obviously students in the US also have to like give maybe not the TOEFL part, but you know, um, but like the thing is that it's not these aren't resources that are necessarily provided by the school. Mm-hmm. Right. So like having to kind of navigate that um, on my own was an interesting experience in itself. And I actually wasn't able to go visit them. That just wasn't feasible for me. So I definitely had constructed these very um, presumptuous ideas of what like each specific college looked like based on what like their website was like. And of course, like websites can be a PR um, affair to put it nicely so i i would like do such weird things like i'd look up the school's <laughs> geotag on instagram just to understand what like on ground student life would look like of course that's not exactly how you get an accurate representation of a school but i did my best um <laughs> choosing a college is already a difficult decision to make but i kind of felt like i wasn't prepared to make the choice because i was like 17 i didn't really know what I wanted to pursue yeah. and I had never been to any of these places so it was a lot of unknowns and it just felt like there was a lot of pressure to like make the right choice you know um I think I did but like yeah that was a really stressful time so like coming into school I hadn't even thought of things like about like what's the first year experience like it's literally so crazy to think about how at least for me the whole idea of like yeah i'm just gonna like pack up and go sit in a different continent for the next four years of my life was just i knew i was gonna do it you know i i didn't think twice about it and 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 then i got here and i was like oh "Oh, this is big huh (laughs) this is okay i'm by myself okay fun so i mean i completely went on this whole like (laughs) tangent but for me the application process looked different because even though we didn't have the resources like you said before the schools I was looking into were uh, based off of the, the prestige of the school because the criteria for the schools I was applying to was how great is this a school that is going to make you a great student, right? Like, how is this going to make you a better person? And how is this going to how is this school going to open doors for you just because of the name that's on the diploma that you get at the end, right? Yeah. So the schools I was looking into and the process that I went through in order to quote unquote get into those schools was very much opposite from everything that I'd done in like in my schooling I had to do completely different exams from everyone else in my school I had to look at what um, my goal was differently from everyone else and I had to do what I wanted to do in between school years because of the difference in academic calendar so I would have six months I'd be six months in limbo while everyone else would start college right It was really hard thinking like the next four years of my life are going to define the rest of my life. And that was that was a really hard thing to process because that's not how you think about it back home. Back home, you have limited options and it's really based on the career you're going into. And sometimes it even has to do with like the sector you want to work with and how how much you can afford. So. I think that's definitely like a very international student thing that like if you're taking such a big decision to go somewhere else to study, then you have to make it count. Yes. Right. And that's a lot of pressure to put on literal kids and on one experience that comprises of a very small percentage yes. of the life you actually live.
undergraduate international student or just like an international student in any capacity is such a big leap of faith you're leaving everything that you're familiar with you're exploring new territory you're doing it on your own and i know that i mean in my case even though i knew of people who had done that i was the first in my family to like really get there so it was a lot of like hands-on experiential learning um when i came i realized that my peers had very different criteria for like what they were looking for in a college something that i learned too that was different between me like and other international students and chicago residents that were applying to loyola is the work that they put in before coming to loyola right uh and this is something that i learned i didn't know you had to apart from extracurriculars and like getting good grades i never thought that you had to think about your future uh besides the next four year four years of your life right so like how is it gonna look like after you graduate what is it that you're gonna do is there any preparation that you need like is there a track that you're gonna have to take for that none of that was ever told like no one ever told me that and i never thought about it until like maybe my second or third year of college right so they were already doing their work for that in the first in their first year as opposed to this little guatemalan who came into college without knowing what, what she was go- what she was going to study right so yeah. that already affected my starting point re- regarding college right so like yeah. what i was applying to and what i wanted to do in the future was completely different to what my peers had done i ha- i didn't have ap's back back in school i didn't have career advising in the way that they do here in the us and i'm assuming that so many international students that are not in an international school or doing ib don't have these uh these resources right so it was hard to see mm-hmm. that realities could be so different be- because of the resources you had right it takes years of work and years of just like changing your life to make that happen so when it does the last thing you want to do is kind of like let it go right i kind of was caught in this limbo of like Oh, I want to do everything all at once because like I'm here and I have to make the most of it and I have like that also translates to grades. So I just put a lot of like pressure on myself and I was just like, why does it seem like I'm having a very different first year experience than everyone else? Right? Like what happened to the whole college is fun thing? Like why am I not experiencing that? And that's kind of when I started to realize like oh, like It seems pretty obvious that as an international student you have a different experience but like if you don't have anyone before you to kind of like give you the rundown it's you know you learn it as it goes. I just thought that I was coming to college to study. I didn't think that I had have to come and like reevaluate my approach to life and my approach to academics. Yeah. But here we are, reevaluating our approach to life and academics. So yeah. Yeah, similarly like for me I struggled my first year seeing everybody not only having a good time not that I wasn't having a good time but seem seemingly having their things together their life together and like enjoying their first year to the fullest because that what you could see like in social media and that's what I could hear like in my little merch 19th floor uh room right like everyone seemed to be having fun everyone seemed to be having like making good memories with friends and Here I was, I want I am stuck in my little room trying to get this paper done. Yeah. Uh so it took me a lot of time to realize that everyone was going through their different struggle and that their struggle was 
probably not the similar to mine. I was going through like homesickness hit me really, really, really hard. Oh, yeah. I was crying almost every single night to my mom, telling her how much I miss her. Completely toxic, <laughs> completely toxic and unhealthy. But I and I felt like I was not not that I wasn't in the right place, but that I wasn't getting the most of my experience, and that by trying to focus too much on school or by trying to focus too much on like extracurriculars, trying to do everything as your as as a first year, it just felt overwhelming very very fast. The moment my mom left, and that was the first day of classes, I became completely overwhelmed with school and the idea that I was alone and that I had no friends even though I did like thankfully from the beginning and those relationships are some of the closest ones that I have <laughs> to this day but you can still feel alone surrounded by people right and that was really hard to deal with yeah and I think like It's hard, like, now we have all this, like, wisdom <laughs> that we've kind of forced ourselves into getting over the years. But it's been three years. Yeah, exactly. Like, at the time, it just, like, th the thought was, like, why do I need to cut myself some slack, right? Like, everyone's having fun. This is my first year in college. This is exciting. I'm so lucky to be here. How can I be sad? Yeah. How can I miss home when this was my choice to come? When I've worked my whole... Yeah life like i'm like when i've worked my whole life to be here how can i call like it just felt like the audacity you know like how <laughs> can i have feelings how dare i like it just didn't seem fair that at the end of the day all i wanted to do was like hug my mom yeah. right when again this was a very like thought out decision for me to be here yeah. so it just felt like no i couldn't do that and it's like how do you explain these feelings to people who just don't know where you're coming from yeah. so i think that's when like the whole idea of like making a community of your own and like finding ways to like make home away from home comes in like obviously that's important for everyone but like as international students i think that's really what makes or breaks your experience it's kind of like trying to find balance right like you're learning about You're in this new space, you're meeting new people. It's a completely different style of like education. Like college in itself is a whole new experience. But you're also trying to like navigate these feelings of loneliness and like sadness while trying not to like let that hinder your happy, bright college experience. I have so, <laughs> I wish someone told me that in orientation. They kind of do. They show us the wave, but they don't explain to us how... <laughs> How much it can uh, affect the wave. you. The wave is like the whole idea that like you come in, you're coming in strong, honeymoon stage. And then like at some point in the semester, you take a dip and you're just like, boohoo, life sucks because it kind of does. But then, you know. And you miss home and you miss uh, like wherever it is that you came from, the food, the culture, your family. And you're missing probably everything that you left behind, right? And you start questioning your, your entire life. Your entire life and your entire decision. Just a casual Thursday night, you know? Yeah. And yeah. for some, this happens like a couple of months into the semester. For some of us, it happens like a week after <laughs> classes start. Learning about it while you're in the honeymoon stage, rather than like being reminded when you're actually taking There. the dip, is complete. Yeah. So with all the feelings of loneliness, uh, homesickness, and sometimes just 
not knowing what to do. Uncertainty is something that we both can agree is a great part of not only going into college, but, but once you're in- already in college. Yes, studying abroad is a privilege, but like we mentioned, in, I think in the past episode, that doesn't mean it isn't hard, right? And it, it comes with a lot of learning and unlearning. And so that's also something that we want to talk about in this episode. How, what are the things that we've learned in college about like higher education and like as, as a students and what are the things that we've had to unlearn in order to be able to enjoy ourselves yeah. while also uh, learning more about ourselves. Yep, and preserve an ounce of sanity, which is always contestable. That's we we share that one ounce of sanity b- between the both of us. So sharing's caring, you know. <laughs> so again. Like I said, I did not go to an international school back home and I didn't have a lot of the resources that come with having a GED, like with getting a GED here in the U.S. So GED is general education diploma here in the the U.S. Yes. Um, And so when I came, like when I started my first class in college, I just got overwhelmed with the amount of work that was expected from us mm-hmm. and I it didn't seem like anyone else in my, in my class because I knew people in my class shout out to like the LC for bringing people together <laughs> um, they were not struggling in the same way that I was if they were struggling they were struggling regarding the content but they were not struggling to get all of the readings done before class or to be able to watch all documentaries and like my time management skills were put to test uh, during my first week and from then on it just started like a snowball right so like getting behind was getting more behind with other work and so so on and so forth so I had to learn how to study differently the way I was studying back home was not working for me and I still like I've learned that you have to adapt your learning style for every single class so every single semester you really have to start over no one tells you this especially when the skill like the learning and studying skills that you have been using your whole life have been exactly the same for every single subject those are the facts like um having to like adapt and figure that out is kind of hard and it's kind of confusing when and it's also just having to figure out how you can adapt to that on a semester basis (laughs) is really frustrating because i feel like as soon as you get the hang of like oh this is how much time i need to do for like this class and like this is how I study and this is where I best study it's like boom the semester is over yeah. any Hollywood depiction of college involves these three things fat boys named Chad excessive drinking and college burnout of the three of them we've experienced only one maybe one and a half burnout is normalized to the point where full and by people I mean me and Francesca and other students uh, it gets to the point where if you're not up every night kind of struggling with life and like dying while trying to do coursework and also like have a life outside of school you're just kind of like what am I forgetting like what am I missing out on clearly I'm not working hard enough and like um, Francesca and I have had this discussion before but like honestly my high school experience looked a lot like so for me it almost felt like a continuation into college because it just felt like this is normal like yes of course I'm gonna be up every night till one trying to like do work like 
sleeping schedules, like sleep schedules, are like a social construct. Like they don't <laughs> exist. You know, so like for me, that I kind of had to unlearn that, right? Because yeah. I mean, having to go. It's a miracle I survived high school. Some might say that that didn't actually happen. But, like, I mean, I made it to college in one way or another. But, like, you cannot keep going like that. And I kind of had to unlearn that. And it's been a really difficult process, especially since that's all I've ever known. That's all that I've ever thought of as, like, normal. Right? To the point where, like, there are times where I'm not doing 50,000 things and I just don't know what to do with myself. And I feel like I'm not doing enough. The extent to which I'm suffering is not and should not be directly correlated to the value and validity of the work I do. Yeah, and like that definitely like puts you like in an uncomfortable place, especially from the beginning. Like, how do you know you're doing enough? Or like, what if you constantly feel like you are not doing enough, right? Like, and that also translates into the classroom experience, right? Like, you don't feel comfortable in the work that you're doing and you also don't feel comfortable like around other students that seem to have to be doing what better than you right um it's it's crazy to think that we come in with this expectation of like oh we're already gonna like be set up for success and we're gonna do so well when the truth is like we don't know what we're doing we're here to learn if we already knew what we were here to learn we wouldn't be here going easy on yourself is also just what is that? We don't know her. We don't know her. We're learning though. Yeah. So that and I think that's where like intersectionality comes in, which is basically one of the things that I've learned which is basically one of the most important things I've learned during my whole time at Loyola and it was thrown at me during like my first week of classes, right? Like the fact that we were in the same learning community, the the fact that I was taking classes that were looking at intersectionality as an approach and then learn and then I would learn that both my majors actually use intersectionality as a, as a framework to work with. Just let, like, it allowed me to understand slowly but surely that everyone's experience is completely different, right? And what inter, like, for a little context, what intersectionality is at its basis is a framework that allows you to um, understand a bit better a person's experience by looking at how their different social identities intersect and how the, these intersecting identities make their specific experience unique and no one else can compare to it. So for example, not even my, my sister and I who grew up in the, same, in the same household, our experiences can't be compared because we are two different people and we are perceived, perceived by society differently, right? So when you use intersectionality, to like in the classroom setting you like I was able to understand that yeah it might seem like my classmates are doing better like they're like they're doing better in grades and like it seems that they're also pretty involved in school but you don't know what's happening like you don't know what's happening behind closed doors right appearances appearances can be deceiving and that's something that I like was really important like it was really huge revelation for me my first year learning that other people were actually struggling and like even like that my own experience gave me a lot of privileges that I didn't even had never like even thought of right compared to other other classmates who like just seem to be doing better but actually not yeah it's interesting to hear you um talk about how you kind of like learned and engaged with intersectionality Mm -hmm. because I feel like I had a totally different experience of it 
Coming into college, what I thought of as my salient social identities were very different than what I do think of, what I think of them now. Um, and that was something that I kind of started realizing in my first year of college, right? Because when I was in this space, I was surrounded by um, folks of color versus when I was in class where it was just like me in a sea of white. Right. And that definitely and I didn't have all this like language, like yeah. social identities and salience and intersectionality and all that stuff wasn't a part of my worldview. Then I didn't quite know what that meant, but like I was experiencing yeah. it. Right. Because there was a clear difference in like terms of how I could inhabit a space when I was in this when I was in a lucid space yeah. versus when I was in class. Yeah seeing intersectionality appear in all of the spaces like our majors and like the the communities that we were part with um showed uh, showed at least me how intersectionality was not only a very deep-rooted part of life in general like student life but it was also part of the nuances of like our academic experience like social justice right and that's like for me social justice is one of the core values of my Loyola experience and education and it's not because like that's what Loyola preaches but it's because that's what I've gotten from the mm -hmm. university and that's what I've gotten from like my teachers and my, my peers right intersectionality and like its connection to social justice have given me a path for the future that I didn't know uh, I, I could follow intersectionality will just keep like teaching you about how you can be a better a better advocate and a better ally and even a, a better leader, right? How you can learn more from the experiences of others to improve your own. So, yeah, I, I second that. Like, I think um, the more I engage with the concept of intersectionality, the more it kind of helps me see things from a different perspective, both the kind of majors or like tracks I'm setting in there's really not any kind of representation yeah. at all yeah. representation in both are like in both your majors matters right and that's why spaces like map exist so maps basically my it's a minorities and philosophy chapter where um, grad students and faculty advisors and mentors kind of like help undergraduate um, philosophy students of color and of like other yeah historically marginalized communities kind of like navigate philosophy because philosophy in case you missed the memo was all about old white straight cis guys so it's kind of just like the thing that i had to learn and i'm still learning is the balance of being grateful for the resources that i get to use while also holding both institutions and departments accountable for not having systems in place to provide students who have had to face barriers to be here while i appreciate this the safe space i have as a person of color especially in the fields that i'm studying and i've learned that it's crucial that i consistently question why these spaces or why these tracks aren't places where my voice can be heard right because if i'm trying to be a part of that change i need to like understand where that comes from so i like i mean again intersectionality shows yeah. up in different ways because it's also changed the way in which i relate to academia yeah. on one hand it's a privilege that i get to be here and i get to have such a holistic education and study these things that i would have never been able to study otherwise while meeting people from different backgrounds but on the other hand it's a symbiotic relationship and that like my presence here also 
ads for the school because it yeah. is what gives the school the yeah. diversity wide range of like experiences that in turn um, enriches yeah. the education that they advertise yeah. to other people which is why it's so important to have spaces like the ones you're talking about right because if your voice is your voice is not heard in like the classroom or like within like the department how how are you gonna like how are future generations gonna learn like a more diverse or an even more intersectional like um, information or, or education, right? Like how is it going to improve if that improvement comes from your voice and your voice is not even being heard or doesn't even have a space? Yeah, and it's also kind of just like, again, these aren't concepts that I knowingly or fully engaged with prior to coming to college, but like understanding intersectionality as like an umbrella concept has also like reframed my understanding on privilege and like oppression and these spaces let me valid like validate those feelings and give me like language and tools through which i can better understand my own experience and those of the people and communities around me but it's also like given me kind of tools through which i know that like oh this is how we need to dissemble these hegemonic systems and tying it back to the whole like international student thing it's just kind of been hard because i found that like as an international student and as a person of color i felt like i was also taking on the role of being an educator it slash domestic peers this was just where they were going to learn um, whatever the class was about i wasn't just showing up to learn for class i was also showing up to teach for class in ways that i didn't realize that i was signing up for this experience of being a student and also like an educator in a sense also ties back in with emotional labor that we as students and as international folks are already like experiencing so that just makes college kind of just like again it's easy to kind of see the whole puzzle now yeah that we've had three years figuring out the pieces and where the pieces fit with one another but like in case you haven't heard it I hope you're hearing it from us. Like, whatever you're feeling, if, if you're a student and you resonate with any of these things, I hope that you feel heard yeah. and that you know that you're not alone. Right? These aren't the glorious parts that everyone talks about. As far as college is concerned, like, no one tells you in your first year that, like, hey, you're going to not know what to do with yourself and you're going to feel lonely and your friend circle is going to change and you're going to have a whole different perspective on, like, how you relate to life by the time you're done with this. But that happens. And that's part of the student experience. Nobody tells you about it. Yeah. But like that's, that's what being a student really means. Especially if you're in a country that is not your own or where you haven't grown up in, right? So yeah. learning that you, there will be uncertainty along, along the, the road and that even if, even if and when you finish your degree, you still won't feel like, in a, like, like you're standing on you're like, stable ground. unstable ground. That's fine. We're almost finishing our degrees and there's still a lot of uncertainty. <sighs> And what ifs like ahead if you don't know where you're going in life and you're still figuring it out just take it one step at a time you don't have to have it all figured out and know that like these are things that you just have to keep reminding yourself including ourselves right yeah now that i'm that we're about to start our last year of college when i keep thinking about what i would have told my first year self is that you won't have everything figured out by the time you finish but the journey is worth it yeah. and do enjoy every little part of it because one day it'll be almost over. <laughs> <laughs>
but no like for real like i've like like if this if what you need to hear is that you're living in a city that is not even your own that you want to explore and that you want to feel connected to you are valid in that decision and it will be worth it in the end the grade that you wanted for the test might not be the best and that's okay too you don't have to be a, a straight a student to make it in life enjoy the little things like the podcast is supposed to allow us to enjoy the little things in life like right now we're by i don't even know which, which beach but like <laughs> we're we're by the we're by, the, we're by the lake and we're uh and basking in the sun and we're spending time together right and yes if you want if you want to put it that way we're doing something quote-unquote productive but we're spending time together and that's what matters so find the balance and if it takes you time to find that balance that's okay too right but as far as college goes just like recognize that it's okay if you don't have you know that like movie experience where like everything's rainbow sunshine and just like perfect perfectionism is toxic you don't need to have the movie experience you can have the podcast experience <laughs> hopefully you know your life is just starting out yes it's just this shouldn't you know i would hope that this isn't the best time of your life it's a good time but like don't put that expectation that you have to like live your best life and do absolutely everything under the sun because that time will never come again yeah if you have any other questions about what uh college the college experience has been like for us and how it has treated us or if you have a specific like questions about what it's like to be a senior in college uh, leave that in the in our instagram comments and you can find us on instagram at and they were roommates.fm please also let us know what you want to hear about in like future episodes or if there's any activities that you would like us to feature in little episodes also known as minisodes It's been an arduous process to get here and I definitely don't know what the future holds, but I'm really glad that I'm here in this moment with you by the lake. That's it from us today. Uh, check back soon for updates and maybe possible Minnesotas. Abjo. <laughs> A presto.